My name is Sue, I'm part of the leadership team, and um, if, it's, if you have been around for a few weeks, you'll know that we're following a series, teaching series called Life in the Spirit. And over the past few weeks, we've been looking at the difference that the Holy Spirit makes in our everyday lives. And today, I'm speaking on the topic of how we hear God speak to us. It is amazing that we, everyday people here in Hull today, have the privilege of being able to hear God, the creator of the universe, the one who holds all things together by the power of his word. Every one of us today who is a Christian has the privilege of being able to hear God speak. And some of you already will be thinking, yes, I can tell by looks on your faces. Others of you will be thinking, "Mm mm-mm, not me. It's for those on the platform, it's for those that go down to the front for the mic, but it isn't for me. And hopefully, over the next half hour, I'm going to be able to show you that hearing God is what all of us as Christians can do. So I'm going to read the passage today from um, John chapter 10, verses 25 to 30. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. So let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are here with us. I thank you for your word that is alive and is active. And I pray now you will help me, Father, to speak, to communicate well. I pray for everyone here who is listening or watching online that you, Holy Spirit, will be speaking and encouraging them this morning. Amen. So this passage in John chapter 10, it's set in Jerusalem. Jesus was facing more and more opposition as he was going around teaching, healing the sick, declaring the good news of the kingdom of God. The Jews and the Jewish leaders didn't like it. So they challenged him in verse 24 saying, if you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. They were listening and they wanted to hear Jesus answer. So he said to them in verse 25, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. Earlier in John chapter 10, Jesus gives the example of a shepherd calling his sheep to him. At this time in the Middle East, a shepherd would often have kept their sheep, their sheep in a large communal sheepfold at night. Several shepherds would leave their sheep there for the gatekeeper to safely look after them overnight. In the morning, each shepherd would return and would call his sheep to him. So it was essential that the sheep knew the voice of the shepherd because otherwise they could be led out by the wrong shepherd and end up going in the wrong direction. 
Referring to this picture, Jesus said in verse 4, his sheep follow him because they know his voice. And then in verse 27, Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So we have a progression from the sheep knowing their shepherd's voice to Jesus' sheep, us as Christians, listening to his voice. If you are a Christian today, if you believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and took the punishment for all your failings, if you have confessed with your mouth that Jesus died on the cross for you, you will be saved. You have eternal life. And Carl was talking to us about that earlier. You have an unbroken relationship with God, your heavenly Father. You are secure for the whole of eternity. And Jesus says... You are his sheep. And Jesus expects his sheep to be hearing his voice. Some of you are thinking, yeah, yeah, I will. But some of you will be thinking, well, I don't. I've never heard God speak. John 16 verse 13 says, When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. When you became a Christian, you did so because the Holy Spirit spoke to you and revealed the truth about Jesus. Not audibly, but you had this knowing inside of you that what Jesus did on the cross was true and was for you. That was the start of your relationship with God. And so hearing God continues to flow from that very first place. It continues through our lives. God wants to speak to us as a shepherd who cares, who protects, who guards, who knows our weaknesses. Our obedience to him isn't forced, but should flow from that place of security, knowing that we are safe with him. When the disciple Peter stood up and addressed the crowds on the day of Pentecost as the Holy Spirit was being poured out, he declared, these people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. This happened on the day of Pentecost and it continues to happen every single day right around the globe. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon specific individuals for a specific purpose. But now as Christians, as long as we are able, as long as we are either a son or a daughter of our human parents, and that includes all of us, we're all a son or a daughter, we all have the privilege of being filled with the Holy Spirit and the blessings of the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to us. So this morning we're going to look at how God speaks to us through the gift of prophecy and the gift of the word of knowledge, but also 
we're going to look at how God whispers to us through the ordinary moments of life. Natalie's already demonstrated that today with that picture of the the tangled up necklace. We're going to look at how we can all experience God's supernatural power in our everyday lives. So firstly, we need to believe that God wants to speak to us. God has been speaking to ordinary people like you and me throughout the Bible. He spoke with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. He spoke to Noah and told him to build a big boat. He spoke to Joseph through dreams. He spoke to Moses through a burning bush. He spoke to Jonah when Jonah was trying to run away from him and actually wanted to die. Often in the Old Testament, the prophets spoke of what God was going to do. It was a foretelling or a warning of things to come. And in fact, the prophet Isaiah said, um, morning by morning, he wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. So we see picture after picture in the Old Testament of God speaking. So then into the New Testament, we see God speaking again and again through dreams, through visions, through the Holy Spirit speaking directly to people. God spoke, giving direction to individuals in the early church. He spoke, revealing sin and deceit in the lives of Ananias and Sapphira. He spoke to ordinary people like you and me, and he continues to speak today. God can speak to us. I believe, if we're not expecting it, but we're far more likely to hear him if we believe he can speak and we're expectant. So secondly, to hear God, we need sometimes to be quiet. Psalm 131, it's my favorite psalm, and it says, my heart is not proud, Lord, my eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me, but I have calmed and quietened myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child, I am content. When a very young baby is being breastfed, whenever its mother picks it up, it will want milk, it will smell milk, it will try to get milk from her. There is a desire in that baby that needs to be met. But once the child is weaned, it is happy to simply be with its mother, just to be close, just to be held. And God desires that we would have that same stillness with him. It's easy for all of us to come to God with our prayers, with our problems, with our needs, with our desires, with our wants, and there is a rightness to that. But if whenever we come to God, we're doing all the talking, we're quite unlikely to hear God because we're not being quiet long enough to hear him. Corrie ten Boom, a Dutch Jewish writer who with her family helped many thousands of Jews escape to safety during the Holocaust, said, if the devil can't make you sin, he will make you busy. Why? Because when we're busy, we aren't calm and quiet. We don't have space or time to hear God. And in our internet-driven world, where news, friendship, opinion, sports, shopping, food, leisure is all available 24-7, finding time to be quiet and still with God long enough to hear him can be difficult. To counteract that, 
you need to be reading your Bible every day. The Bible is referred to as the infallible word of God. That means it is without error. And as the word of God is the primary way that God speaks to us, that's why we place such a high value and priority on it, on our Sunday mornings, in our life groups, in Alpha. It is the place where God primarily speaks to us. So if you want to hear God speak, read your Bible. And I don't just mean get the verse of the day notification on your Bible app. That's good. But to get to know someone, it takes time, it takes effort. And in the same way, getting to know God, it needs more than just a verse of a day. It takes time. For a relationship with God to grow and flourish, it needs time, it needs effort, just like any other relationship would. And if you don't have a Bible today, or if you struggle to read at the end, come and speak to Dan and myself, and we'll see what we can do to help you. So thirdly, you can hear God speak as you receive his gifts. You may have heard people sharing in church and saying something like, God has spoken to me, or God's said to me. What do they mean? Are they actually hearing God speaking out loud, what we call the audible voice of God? Not usually. I've heard God speak once, audibly. I'd been knocked off my bike, and fortunately, God spoke, and he said, Susan, get off the road, there's a bus coming. I got up and looked around, thinking, who calls me Susan? And there was nobody around at all, but the bus was very near, and I managed to get to safety. I've only heard God speak audibly that once, but I've heard God speak many, many, many times ever since I was a teenager. And so I'm going to share some of these instances. Um, I'm going to share, not that I'm boasting, but just give examples of different ways that God can speak to us so that you in turn can be encouraged. So sometimes you just know, and that's what I would call the whisper of God. Last week, I felt God prompt me to message someone I'd not been in contact with for a while. I sent a WhatsApp, and straight away, I got a reply saying, how did you know this person was really poorly? And it meant that I was able to pray for them, and I was able to bless them. I had listened to God's whisper, to that prompting, and my obedience to him meant at the right time, um, I was able to pray for that person and make a difference in someone's life. Sometimes it is just that, that whisper, just that knowing. Sometimes you physically feel it. You may, you may have heard people on a Sunday morning giving what the Bible calls a word of knowledge during our services. This is a gift that the Holy Spirit gives where he reveals something about an individual or a situation that, um, that the person could not by human means have known the information. Sometimes God gives a word of knowledge and the person just knows as I've mentioned. Sometimes you have, you make a pain in your body in that area. I find if I come into church and I suddenly get a pain, I've learned now to say to God, are you wanting to heal someone in that area? 
and I may share that, and after I've shared it, the pain goes away. God speaks through sensation. It might be a pain, it might be a burning sensation, it might be something else physically, but sometimes you may, again, just know. So last month, I felt God say to me, children's eczema. It's just here on a Sunday morning. I knew God wanted to heal children of eczema. My response was, confession time, God, children have eczema. I'm not sharing that one. God said again, children's eczema, I want to bring healing. So I got up and I think we had five, five different um, children were brought forward by their fa- families, by their parents, and we were able to pray. The following week, Phil again had that same word. And a few weeks later, Sarah was able to come forward to say that her son had completely been healed of eczema. God is good. And sometimes he wants to tell us what he is going to do. Sometimes God speaks through what we see. Repeatedly in the Bible, we read of God speaking to people through dreams or visions. A dream is what happens when we're asleep. A vision is similar, but we're awake. Not all dreams come from God. Some dreams are just dreams. But sometimes God speaks very specifically through a dream. You may have heard people in church saying, I've had a vision. I'd call it a picture. Picture's more more everyday language, isn't it? We read of these over and over in the Bible. So Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, saw an angel in a dream telling him not to divorce Mary as the baby she was carrying was conceived through the Holy Spirit. If that's my car, then get my keys down, please. (laughs) After Jesus was born, we're told the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream again and told him to go to Egypt as Herod was trying to kill all the boys under two years old. God spoke clearly in dreams. Later on, in Acts 16, the Apostle Paul, he had a vision of a man from the country of Macedonia asking for help. Paul knew clearly God was speaking and asking him to go and share the gospel in that country. The vision was God's clear prophetic direction. Sometimes God speaks to us by highlighting everyday things, as Natalie mentioned. A few weeks ago, I was coming to church and a motorbike went past me and God spoke to me through that motorbike and I was able to share on the Sunday morning about the potential that I'd seen in that motorbike that was being constrained by the speed limit and the potential that we have as children of God. I've seen thousands of motorbikes in my life, but God has never spoken to me through a motorbike before. But on that Sunday morning, I saw that God was able to speak and I was able to bring that word in the church. So visions, pictures, and dreams are all ways that God speaks to us prophetically as prophesied by Joel in the passage in Acts 2. The gift of prophecy is a gift of the Holy Spirit that's not humanly learned or developed, but given to whoever God wishes. The Bible is sometimes referred to as the word of God, and this reveals the ultimate truth about God. But through the gift of prophecy, God will give specific revelation about a particular situation now. 
Earlier this year, Natalie messaged me and asked if I would pray about her work situation. Her contract was coming to an end and she didn't really know what to do next. So I prayed and straight away, God gave me the words, speech therapy. Ah, okay. A few weeks later, I met with Natalie for coffee and we started talking about her job situation. I didn't have the courage to come out with what I felt God had said. So instead, I asked if she had considered a career change. So she said, no. So I tried again um, about would she like to retrain and she said, no, and went through all these different reasons why it wouldn't be possible. So I didn't say anything. I decided I'd got it wrong. I kept my mouth shut. Almost two weeks later, Natalie messaged me saying she'd got an interview the next day for a senior admin post in the speech and language therapy team. And I was like, goodness me. Okay, God, I was amazed, and so was Natalie when I shared that. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 9 says, For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. We don't hear 100% all of the time. God gave me part of Natalie's new role, but not the full job title. I had heard correctly, but then I went and put my own understanding or interpretation onto the words that God had given me. When God speaks to you prophetically or with a word of knowledge, give what you've got, not what you've not got. Don't distort the Holy Spirit's message with your own additional words. Sometimes God does give you a whole big picture, but sometimes it might only be those two words. And it's okay and much, much safer to just say the one or two words that you've heard, rather than elaborating it by what you think, so it makes more sense. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 to 7 says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Gifts are given for the common good. That means so that we can all be blessed by them, so we can all benefit. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4 says, Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. Dan spoke about tongues and how they build you up last week, but prophesy is to build up the church. The gift is the, for the benefit of everyone. It's not to draw attention to a particular individual. It's not to manipulate or control. It's a, not a reward for good behavior or pleasing God. We all have fallen short of God's standard. We all need forgiveness. In the book of Revelation, God, God gives John amazing visions of things that are to come and of heaven itself. And then in Revelation 19 verse 10, we read that John bows before the angel that is speaking to him. And the angel says, don't do that. Worship God. 
for the spirit of prophecy, for it is the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to Jesus. The spirit of prophecy or the Holy Spirit bears testimony or points to Jesus. This is why God still speaks. All prophecy should cause us to love Jesus more. All prophecy should cause us to glorify Jesus more. All prophecy should line up with the Bible. All prophecy is to be looked at against what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3 says, The one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, their encouraging, and comfort. And then in verse 5, Paul continues, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. Why? So as a church, we can be strengthened, encouraged, and comforted. I don't know about you, but I need that. I need God's strength. I need God's encouragement. The church needs it too. The heart of God is to bless us, and he does so through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Old Testament prophecy was usually a foretelling, a pointing to Jesus, a telling of what was to come. Now, prophecy is rarely a foretelling, but usually confirms what God is already saying to us, bringing encouragement or clarification. The prophetic words God gave me for Natalie certainly encouraged her. It strengthened her as she was going into her interview the next day and as she got the job and and faced challenges that we all face in new situations. It brings that strength and comfort to her. Listening to God involves humility and vulnerability. None of us, none of us at all have a direct line to God. Jesus is the only person who ever had that. And he said in John 10, verse 30, I and the Father are one. If you believe God is speaking to you prophetically, then pause and ask yourself, does what I am about to say strengthen, encourage, or comfort? If it doesn't, don't share it or speak to one of the leaders and ask what they think about it. So finally, when God God speaks and we listen, What do we do after that? We remember that we're sheep and we listen to our good shepherd again. We ask God who the word is for. It could be for you, it could be for someone else, it could be for the whole church. You ask God if you are to share it. It might be that you're to go to the person and tell them. It might be God has revealed something simply so you can pray into the situation. Ask God when you are to share it. It might be immediately or you might have to wait. Ask God for the love you need to share it. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 2 says, If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge but have not love, I am nothing. You may listen to God, you may hear from God, you may weigh what has been said, you may know it is in line with the Bible, you may be willing to share it, but if you don't have love for the person or the people that you are sharing with, don't share it. 1 Corinthians 13, a chapter about love, is between 1 Corinthians 12, a chapter about the gifts in the church, 
And 1 Corinthians chapter 14, speaking about prophecy and the gift of tongues. It comes in between because love is so important as we are sharing anything that God has given us, as we are demonstrating any gifts. As Galatians 5 verse 6 says, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. If you're able, can you stand please? If you've ever been out in the countryside and you've been walking through a field where there are sheep, what normally happens is those sheep just run away, don't they? They don't know you. They don't know your voice. And every one of us has a choice today. Are you going to be like sheep? and run away? Or are you going to be Jesus' sheep who listen to him? Are you going to listen when he speaks to you and obey him and follow him? If you're not yet a Christian, if you've never decided to follow Jesus, are you willing to make the choice today to follow him, to receive the eternal life that Jesus was talking about in that passage at the beginning? Are you going to be sensitive to his voice or are you going to close your ears to what he is saying today? And I'm going to pray before Dave leads us again in worship. I'm going to pray for some of you today, you think God could never speak to me. I don't hear God. I want to pray because I believe, and the Bible tells us, God wants to speak to every one of us. And I'm going to pray for you today. But for some of you, you might have previously shared things. You might previously have heard God and responded, but you've not done it for a long time. I believe that there's some people here who feel that that gift, it's been quashed, it's been silenced. And today, God wants to fan into flames that gift again. So I'm going to pray, and if you're, if you're in those situations, just reach out to God if you want to receive from him afresh today. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are, are good. I thank you that you want to speak. And Lord, I want to pray today. I want to pray that there will be fresh confidence in this place today. There will be fresh confidence that you want to speak to each one of us today. Lord, I pray that even today you will be dropping words into people's hearts. You will be giving them words of knowledge. You will be giving them words of prophecy. You will be giving them words of encouragement. They will have that just knowing from you. And you will give them the confidence that that is from you. And Lord, I want to pray for those who previously shared, but they just feel that it's, it's as if water has been poured on the fire. Lord, today, today will you ignite that fire again in this place. Today will you release the gift of prophecy again in this place. Will you release it with power? Will you release it 
with clarity will you release it for your glory, Lord God. Amen.